Welcome to episode 64 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we talk about E3 2019. Now, normally we are a video game book club podcast, but once a year, we break the mold to talk about new games that'll show up at E3 2019. You can check out all things Left Behind Game Club at leftbehindgame.club, Left Behind Game Club on Instagram, and Left Behind Club on Twitter. Now, before we talked about E3, our podcast warm-ups got wild and crazy once again. This week, we sang... Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club. Nope, redo that. Oh, my God. Ah! You need sugar. Here. Here. Sugar. Yeah, did you know we were recording this with Mariah Carey? Some people want it that's all. That's Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys, yeah. I was like, that's not Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. That's all you have to sing. All I want for Christmas is all you. All I want for Christmas. What else does she sing? Uh, I don't know. There was my Mariah. Okay, let's go. To bring the heat. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have two friends with me. My first friend. You know him. <gasps> you love him. His name is Michael Ruffalo. I feel so loved right now. I'm really excited to talk about great games that are going to be announced at E3, and hopefully some surprises still left in store. My second friend, also here to talk about E3 nonsense, is Mo Mertotti. I am so excited for this nonsense, especially because you guys pay attention so much to this stuff, and it's just going to be me absorbing it like a sponge, and hopefully our podcast listeners are also going to be becoming that sponge. So typically, we are a game club podcast, but... Around E3 time, we like to get the crew together and do a little predictions in kind of a positive sense about the things that were most anticipated uh, for us for E3. Uh, This year, it's the second time we're doing it, so generally speaking, what we do is we pick three games each, talk about how amazing they're going to be, and then bring in some audience members and other podcasts to tell us what their most anticipated games are. And Jacob, this year you're going to learn and not pick games that are like so far out. I was just, you know what? I'm deciding this year I'm going to pick games that are coming out in this calendar year. I'm excited to hear what they are. 2029. We are not talking about Cyberpunk. Final Fantasy 36. Cyberpunk 2077 coming out in 2076. Uh, But can I just start with my games? Can I just kick it off? Please kick it off. Um, So right now, like, I'm super into My Hero Academia. What is that? True, true. You're talking about your MBA studies? I'm talking about my anime studies, actually. Anime! Yes, Mo is Mo's a big fan as well. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, also love Harry Potter and Game of Whoa, Thrones. Hold up, you got to explain what that show is. So imagine, do you know the movie Sky High that came out like 10 years ago? It had Kurt Russell in it. It was like a superhero high school. Uh, no. Tag me in, Jacob. Okay, I'm usually good at these little quick little summaries. So essentially, it's a show about these high school kids uh-huh. who some of them develop things called quirks, which is think of it like a super ability. <laughs> So Spider-Man, his quirk is he shoots webs. Superman's uh-huh. quirk, super strength. So all of them have something like that. And if you succeed in like your academics and have a good quirk, you can qualify for the hero school. When you graduate, you become a hero that's like licensed by like the government to take care of bad uh-huh. guys and villains. So when something happens, they'll bring in a hero kind uh-huh. of thing. So it's One Punch Man? 
essentially it's one don't, punch it's, don't diminish my favorite show no right no because he's got no, a one point. punch man it, it, is the, amazing the fact that he knows about one punch man tells me like that's essentially what it is like the whole like, class rating yeah but it's for high school students they develop and they become like heroes like that so more or less the same you know like 75 percent of it just by okay. knowing one punch man it's like one punch man plus x-men academy yeah, 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 pretty much. Okay, cool. Or the movie Sky yeah. High. But anyway. Um, no one has seen that. <laughs> there are people. I'm, I'm kidding. Someone <laughs> listening has seen Sky High and is screaming at their stereo, going, Jacob knows everything. But the reason I bring this up is because Fire Emblem The Three Houses is my first game pick that I want to talk about for E3. What is this? I, all I know about Fire Emblem is that Marth and Roy and all of the all of the guys with swords in Smash Brothers are in that series, and I never play them. So this is the rare moment when me and Mike are spot-on identical to what we know about something, and it's this. It's this is just why Mo and I are friends. Super Smash Bros. characters. What, what, what do we know about this? Okay, so imagine... You know Game of Thrones, how there's this big I've never map. watched a Game of Thrones. Okay, just talk to me, Jay. Okay. okay, so Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Kingdoms. Kings. Yeah. Different kingdoms. Uh, in this game, the Black Eagles, the Blue Lions, and the Golden Deer. Houses. Right? Houses. So it's like Harry Potter. It's like Game of Thrones. It's like My Hero Academia because you have an academy where you're actually learning and like teaching your students who are your warriors to go out into the world and defend evil on your behalf. God, defend I, evil. Yes, I, defend so, evil. They're, they're going to be part of... The, no, they're defending against evil. Okay. Thank you. Very important distinction. Um, but I haven't played a Fire Emblem game in a few years since like the GBA and DS games and seeing this like academy Harry Potter school setting just gets me super jacked for this game. Is it like okay. a 3D like, adventure game or is it like the, is it like the old school Pokemon style games? What are we looking at? And where is it played? So it's Switch? made by Intelligent Systems. It's on the Switch. And are Intelligent Systems the people that made System Wars? Uh, Advance Wars, yes. Advance Wars, that's yes. it. Oh, I think it was I called don't know System Wars. No, I think it was called that on the Famicom. Or no, okay. it was called Famicom Wars on the Famicom. Gotcha. But it had different names depending on the region. So gotcha. you're not far off there. Okay. But Intelligent Systems coming out on Switch this year, and it is a like grid based, uh, like turn-based strategy game. Mm-hmm. So very much like an XCOM, etc. Interesting. And I am so jacked to play it on the Switch. Like the Advanced Wars games, um, are all of the moves of the computer pre-planned, or are they adjusting based on what you do? Um, I believe... So let, let's say you save Scrum, right? Yeah. I think the that's kind of what they'll do the same move. Okay, because so it's pre-planned. Because unlike XCOM, if you go up in front of someone, you hit it 100%. Well, you don't hit it 100%, but like... Typically, the the hit percentages are higher gotcha. against the enemy. But it's, I mean, that makes sense. You've got swords. You're not shooting them with guns at a distance. Swords, axes, lances, magic. There are tons of different Maces. stuff. There. Maces, 100%. So I know this game. This is my first game that I'm most excited for. Um, that Hopefully, I will get more details at right during the Nintendo press and conference. this is going to be coming up for the Switch? Yes, in 2019. Okay. I'm glad to hear we're no longer making 3DS games. No, we are not. <laughs> Literally. Uh, I think they're probably still going to make some at E3. Get out of here. Yeah. Jake, that no, install base is humongous. I don't want you to say that anymore. Uh, speaking of the 3DS, um, a game that used to be on the 3DS, now coming out on Switch. Uh, my second game is Pokemon Sword and Shield, which is coming out so in late hype. 2019. I'm so hyped for this. Are you? Can you feel the hype in you don't my have, voice? Do you have a Switch? Jacob, you have a Switch. I have a Switch. Yes. Jacob Robbery, yeah. this was my also... No! First pick. This is something I want to see the most of, my most anticipated okay, game. Okay, so you right, two need to both this. tell me why you're so hyped for this, even though oh. I am also very hyped. Can I, can I hijack just this one point? Super duper. This, this, this comes down to the fundamental reason why I almost... This is why I wanted a Switch. When I heard about a Nintendo Switch, first thing I thought of was... 
the first Pokemon adventure game. Like, cause they're already pretty cool in 3D on the Nintendo DS, the 3DS. They they play really well. Pokemon battles are good. Lots of things to do, catch all that stuff. But then now you have the big console. You can put on your TV. All that stuff. I've just been waiting. Give me a Pokemon. They kind of teased this with the Pokemon. Let's go Eevee. Let's go Pikachu. I don't think that's a full fledged, I guess, old school style Pokemon game. And I was waiting for them to kind of release this. And I told myself as soon as there's a Zelda, so they checked that one off. As soon as there's a Pokemon, they check that one off. As soon as there's a, what's it called, Super Smash Bros., I'm, I'm all in. So this is kind of the one where they finally now have a catalog of flagship titles, assuming this is going to be a good game. That's the biggest reason why I'm looking forward to it, because I've been waiting for so long. Yeah, the, the new gen, the like starter Pokemon look pretty cool. Um, there are, of course, your grass, your fire, your water. Uh, they are... Um uh, Grookey, which is like a green little grass monkey. Grookey. I hate these starter Pokemon. Score bunny, a little fire bunny. And then a water little, his name is Sobo. He's a little water lizard. Why is it that you don't like them? I kind of want to, because I, I want to yeah. see if I'm thinking the same way too. Okay. Again. So I didn't understand for a long time why I didn't like each successive generation of Pokemon. After Charmeleon, sorry, Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur? After Gen 2. I, oh, I okay. like so Gen 2. Okay. Um, and... I didn't quite understand it, and there was a really good video on YouTube that broke down the difference in design between the original set of characters, which Gen 1 and 2 were all a part of, and the next set of characters. And a lot of it has to do with sharp lines and making them look more like animals and less like action figures and toys that can be easily plushied and monetized. Mm. Um, You know, something like a Ratatata... Um, is a lot harder to turn into a cute, fuddly, you know, cute, cuddly toy in its original version. Um, but now, it, with softer lines, it's something that you could make in, in that way. Um, so, I, you know, what I'll do is I'll send you guys a link to this video. We'll link it in the description of the of the uh, of the podcast notes, and you can see what a modern version of these three starter Pokemon would look like, I think they do a fantastic job. Gotcha. I'm kind of looking at them now on my phone, and they look like they'd be built using the most similar like processes because they all have big circle heads. Some have ears, some have heads. And I guess I guess I see what you're saying. My gut feeling was telling me maybe it was because we were younger and we were so like obsessed with like the Charmander, the Squirtle, the Bulbasaur, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing them we're like, oh, they're so childish. I was thinking maybe those other ones were childish, but we have such a nostalgic feeling towards them. We think they're cooler even though they're literally mm-hmm. the exact same. But I see your point. They probably made a more product-worthy, like, so you can, yeah. you can make more toys and things. Commercialism. One of, one of my favorite, like, Pokemon fan theories is that Ash is in a coma in episode one. He I've gets, heard this. He gets, you know, thunderstruck by uh, um, a lightning bolt uh, by Pikachu, I think it is. And the rest of the game is him being in a coma. And each successive generation, because it's been longer and longer since he's been in the real world, his brain or his mind loses attachment with the world. And Pokemon start out as animal equivalents and analogous to different animal animals in the world. And then as the series progresses, he becomes less and less attached to them. So they become more and more abstract, like less a, and less like actual animals. Like a sword and shield. Exactly. <laughs> like an ice cream right? cone. Like There's a, giant, a garbage Pokemon. Legitimately, right? Um, so, I mean, not to say there wasn't any of that nonsense in the original gen, right? There was Muck. Grimer, and, yeah. Yeah, uh, there was Voltorb. But they were and, inspired. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just like a literal pile exactly. of trash. Yeah, exactly. So, Mr. Uh, Mime's literally a human. I, I think one of the things that I loved about Pokemon as a kid is that it inspired a sense of wonder that, 
you know, if in, in a parallel universe, there was a world where all of the animals outside were, were actually Pokemon. And, you know, I could envision myself as a Pokemon trainer catching them. And I just find that a whole lot harder these days. But still super excited for Shield and Sword. I think it's going to be really cool. I think, I think the like probability that. of you becoming a Pokemon master stayed the same. Hey, you <laughs> from back then to you right be now. quiet. <laughs> I want to be the very best that no one ever was. I'm going to break it to you, I did become the very best that no one ever was. I caught them all. You guys heard all the stuff around this game, though, right? Like nope. Pokemon Home, nope. Pokemon Sleep, nope. Pokemon Go Plus Plus. That's a real thing. No, um, tell me about that. Pokemon is there a sleep, programming language? Uh, no, Pokemon Sleep is like a sleep app oh, okay. that you use your Pokemon Go Plus Plus with, which is like a better version of that little Pokemon Go Plus thing that came out with the oh, Pokemon the, Go... The accessory. Yes, little accessory. And then Pokemon Home is a cloud-based Pokemon storage solution. Gotcha. Which like a super cool thing that brings... Pokemon Bank from 3DS, Pokemon Go Pokemon, as well as your Nintendo Switch Pokemon, all in one place. Are they milking this thing as it much as possible? It sounds like they might I hope be. it all works well, man. Yeah, so do I. I. You know what? I keep complaining, but I, I usually buy the Pokemon game. Yeah. I bought every one except for Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Same. Eevee, and Black and White 2, because I'm like, that's not real. That's not canonical. Um, should I talk about my third game? Yeah, 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 fire it away. Okay, my last game that I'm very excited for at E3 is Control. Do you guys know about Control? No. No, tell me about it. Okay, so you know Remedy? Remedy Entertainment? Mm-hmm. They made Max People Payne. People Alan Wake. Alan Wake and Quantum Break. Oh, They cool. make weird games. Quantum Break was pretty cool. Yes. Surprising. They make very cinematic. Yeah. They're like movies. Yeah. That's what I felt was Quantum Break. That's the only one of those I actually played. I mean, that is the most like a serialized <laughs> a TV show. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was originally supposed to be a TV show game that kind of... Hybrid crossover. Hybrid, hybridized the two. Mm-hmm. Multimedia um, experience. Yeah, back when Xbox was making TV shows. Right? And that was wow. like the only one that really made it out. Halo yeah, kind of made it out too, but... That was a Nancy Tellum joint. Yes. Yes, it was. Good memory. You know, I got a thing for the entertainment industry. Um, but tell me more about Control. So, you guys remember PsyOps? I loved PsyOps. So, to, thank you. The MindGate conspiracy. PsyOps was oh, so ahead of its so time. So good. So ahead of its time. So good. Who owns the PsyOps IP right now? Is Who it Warner Brothers? THQ. Is it THQ or is it Warner Brothers? Well, it was published by THQ, wasn't it? No, I thought it was a like a like a Midway developed and Midway published uh, joint. Ah, yes, you're correct. Yeah. Who bought all of Midway? Uh, Warner Brothers bought some of the IP, You're but not right. all. But not because all Hydro of them. Thunder was bought by Microsoft. Yeah, so I don't know where Psyops is it's right now. Lost in legal paperwork. If someone knows where Psyops is, can you please send me a DM directly? Because I need to know this information. <laughs> like where where the can the people send you a DM, Jacob? Uh, they can send me a DM on Discord. You can go to leftbehindgame.club, click the big button on our homepage, and just send me a DM because I need to know. It's like where cool. in the world is Carmen San Diego? But where in the world is Psyops? Okay, so Psyops, great and game. And you will take my mind away in my mind. Mind. Um, did you want me to keep singing or keep going with this explanation? I want you to tell me more about Control. Okay, so Control you is published by 505 Games. Um, and essentially, it's, it's very much like PsyOps where you have powers, you can customize your weapons. And we don't know much beyond that. So my understanding or my thought is someone is going to have it on their stage that this E3 and I don't know who it will be. Because it is published by 505 Games. So maybe it'll be on the Microsoft stage. Who knows? Um, we will see at E3. That that game is coming out this year on August 27th. What kind so. of game is it? Same, like, I know you Third mentioned person Quantum, shooter. 
third person. Yeah, with like some like telepathic abilities, so you can like throw things, ah. and maybe you'll have other powers too. Kind of like it's in, like a story mode, like pretty much movie experience. Yeah, to me, it it feels a lot like the way Quantum Break. Maybe a little bit less cinematic from what yeah. we've seen so far, but like same mold as Quantum Break. How do you guys feel about those? Do you think they do really well? Those like non is it, would it be a major title? Like when I say major, like God of War is a major title. Mm-hmm. Horizon was a major title. Those ones have succeeded fairly decently. Well, this one's interesting, right? Because it's being published by Five Hundred Five, and yeah. to me, like I'm not trying to knock Five Hundred Five, but Five Hundred Five is not like the first publisher I would think of. They're like in that second tier publisher yeah. that gets the the medium to small games. Not like I'm not knocking them, but just saying like they get smaller titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like five hundred five doing big things, big things, big yeah. things. They published Virginia as well, which was fantastic. We've played it before. I think they also published the physical release of Rocket League. Oh, good poll. Well, one last thing, Mike. What do you think about like developers nowadays kind of come building taking the time to build a full fledged I guess like adventure third person shooter type game that's just a story is that does that make sense nowadays like will people be coming out lining up buying the copies you need to fund the project anymore or is this one of the maybe last couple that you're going to see unless they're tied to an old nostalgic video game I think that's a really interesting point and you know what we had seen for a long time and I'm sure you're familiar with this was games that came out and you know, they had a single player mode and they had a multiplayer campaign yeah. and you know, some people never fired up the single player mode, but they were paying for both. Yeah. And now what I think you're finding is publishers no longer feel the pressure to include a multiplayer mode. If they're going to make a story story focused game, they're focusing on the story. They're making a narrative driven game. And if they're making a game that's multiplayer focused, they're going to focus on the multiplayer. Um, so I think, you know, I, I think it does work as long as it comes in at the right price point and, you know, they're aggressive and, and very focused in how they market it because these these narrative focused story games traditionally have less of a long term tale. Um, yeah, it scares me because it's going to come out for seventy nine ninety nine. <laughs> it's going to be tricky for them to come out any new big game to come out for anything less than that. Because but at the same time, are we going to start seeing that? Will mm-hmm. we not see like it's it's so weird. I feel like. I'm I'm less expecting story games unless they're like Spider-Man or right. Gears of War 5. Like those things, okay, I see a story-based game with no multiplayer, but it seems like it's going to be the end of this type of stuff. I feel like we always have this conversation like every couple of years about Our like story where's... Game's dead? Yeah, at, where's the single-A title, right? Like yeah. where, where are the double-A titles? Like a, yeah, psych, like a Psychonauts. Yeah. Where are the five... Where is Psychonauts? I don't know. I think that was on my list last year and it's oh. Psychonauts 2 is still not out. But, Amazing. Um, I think they're doing something on the Kind of Funny um, showcase. I can't wait. So it uh, it'll be good. I saw a picture of Tim Schafer... Doing a thing, so doing a head squeezing. Do it, not a head squeezing. Well, actually, maybe metaphorically, a little head squeezing. Interesting. Um, Michael, do you want to go next? Talking about you, yeah. Painted titles. So I'm super excited. Um, one because this just leaked. Uh, Fable Four. Oh, right. Okay, boys. Did you ever play Fable? Did you play the series? Are you familiar with so it? I never grew up with the Xbox Life. I was a PlayStation boy, so I, I, I just dodged it. It, like, without trying. Mm-hmm. Can I kick a chicken in that game? You can do whatever you want to a chicken. Uh, it, lion head, right? That's a lion head yes, joint? it's a Peter Molyneux. Yeah. Um, so I did not suffer from the Peter Molyneux uh, overhype train mm-hmm. leading into Fable. I stumbled across Fable um, through, I think, TV commercials and just picking it up. And because of that, I was not severely disappointed by it. My expectations were not set through the roof into the stars. 
Um, so I love the original Fable. I thought it was a fantastic RPG um, and perfect for who I was at that point in time. And, you know, I was let down by the subsequent games, Fable 2 and Fable 3. Um, I know people loved Fable 2. It sounds like Fable 4 is going to be a reboot for the series in the vein of Elder Scrolls. It's still going to have that whimsy, that charm that Fable is known for, but it's going to be wide-ranging, very expansive, a lot of opportunity to follow the narrative or not, all, all depending on you and your choices. So you don't expect to be heartbroken like with Fable 2 and 3, as you mentioned? I, I will not, because I think one of the nice things about knowing that this is kind of a reboot is that expectations get to be reset. You know, you get a little bit of a clean slate, um, I'm just excited at the idea of doing something more in the Fable universe. I, you know, hopped into the beta or alpha for Fable Legends. Um, Did that come out? It didn't come out. No, okay. they canceled it before it came out. And I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. So, you know, obviously it needed work, but I enjoyed what was there. So I'm really excited for Fable 4. Um, and I think that's going to be a ton of fun. The second game that I'm really Hold excited for. Hold on, just for, two questions. Sure. Who's developing too. Fable 4? Don't know yet, right? Playground games? Oh! I think that's who it is. So the, the Forza people? I think so. Okay. The I, Forza Horizon team. I am, I This just leaked, and I did not absorb it all. Okay. All I know for sure is I saw Fable 4 and uh, some stuff there, and, and a quick overview. I think Playground is the Forza Horizon team. Turn 10 does the core Fable games, and then or the core Forza games. Yeah. Um, did Forza, sorry, Fable the Journey come out too? That Connect game? That Peter Molyneux was having people sign out. the wall. It this is not out. on rails. Do you remember that? It did come out. It did come out. Okay. He was having journalists sign so not a game for me. the wall. Basically, like, this game is not on rails. And it was totally on rails. Um, what? So, I, I don't really think I know what Fable is, in a quick summary. Um, mm-hmm. What is it, just in case I don't catch this trailer reveal, whatever so, it is? It's anime. It's you make decisions, anime. right? It's not anime. It's an adventure game where you make decisions and it impacts the story or it's, something. Think of it as Lord of the Rings, but instead, Sold. <laughs> yeah, but instead of having like a dark, gritty aesthetic, it's a little bit more colorful and playful, and it all takes place in a fantasy version of England okay. where everyone has a funny little accent, and uh, the choices you make impact what happens in the story later on. And it was also one of those games that had a morality meter and, um, you know, could impact the way that your character looked as you progressed yeah. and all the things that usually come along. A la Infamous yeah. or other yeah. games. Is or it usually quarter. like a hero? Like you got to exactly. save someone or yeah. find something? Exactly. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Fable 4. Very excited for that. The second game on my list that I am very excited for uh, is Watchdog Legion. Um, what is this? Yeah. So this is the new Watchdog game. Um, mind you, I did not like Watchdogs 1, and I did not play Watchdogs 2. Oh, I, thought, I was like, I thought, okay, continue, sorry. <laughs> but I, I remember being just absolutely impressed with the initial reveal of Watchdogs and the premise there. Um, and I, I haven't seen anything for Watchdogs Legion, but the description of it is that instead of playing as one character, you can hop between pretty much anyone on the street. It's a kind of you are Legion. Five. You are not. You are not one. You are many. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like GTA Five Online, and I kind of expect this to be. You know, you see someone on the street and you hot swap into their body, uh, and I think what makes that really cool is that. Uh, it's going to have a bit of a Hitman-esque vibe to it where 
you need to complete something and it's kind of a puzzle of which costume do you put on which character you do you take over when do you hop from one to the next and you're kind of playing all of the roles at once and just moving your chess pieces across the board to get it done and i think that sounds so cool i hope that it lives up to the the image that i have in my mind i, I, I played i think a little bit of a watchdogs one and wasn't too into it i played a lot of watchdogs too but i didn't beat it it was kind of one of those big titles where you drift off after the first like half i loved watchdogs too like it, it's similar like hitman like where you have to like break into something hack into something there's guards walking around you have to get through in some way you're using a drone you're using a robot so the, if you if what you're saying is coming up like you can switch into people it's just another form of complexity it's going to be super sweet even if they bring out watchdogs 2 again with just that uh-huh. that'd be such a sweet game worth taking a look at so maybe we can play it on the pod if we ever have time i i know it sounds super crazy that i have not played or liked the previous watchdogs games but the premise of this sounds like a combination of stacking and hitman and those are both games i like and i'm interested in testing you know a game that i love by ubisoft that shares this kind of aesthetic did you guys play Driver San Francisco? I did. Driver San Francisco is one of my favorite games from last generation, and it has this exact You're like right. functionality. It does. He has amnesia, but then he realizes, oh, I can jump between different cars. It is a reboot of Driver, and it is so dang good. I'm telling you right now, if you're listening and you're like, I like driving games, grab Driver San Francisco for 10 bucks. It is such a sick game. If it's anything like Driver San Francisco, I'm in. I only played, I played through Watch yeah. Dogs. I was like, meh. Haven't played Watch Dogs too. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you guys have to try Watch Dogs too. Watch Dogs. I, I don't meh. think I don't think I've ever like heard anything but positive stuff about Watch Dogs too. And it's they, some more fun Watch Dogs with it yeah. takes place in San Francisco, yeah, right? And, the Bay yeah, Area. exactly. It's like you're in like a the, the tech hub, and it's literally like Hitman, but you're like a techie nerd that can like hack into everything. It's pretty sweet. A lot of a lot of programming humor. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's just it's just re- it's really neat. Some of the stuff is obviously like unrealistic, but it's like ah, this is like the superhero power of right. being a developer, but. But no one really has that capability. <laughs> if they do, they're probably in jail and then working for the FBI. Very cool. Very cool. Um, you know, I guess the last thing that I'm very excited for this E3 is kind of a, a big overarching absence of Sony. Um, and because Sony pulled out of E3 this year, they're not going to be having a press conference. I think that opens up a lot of space for other people to feel like, oh, this is our time to step up. There's going to be less coverage. Uh, and so I'm expecting Nintendo to announce the next version of their Switch, a hardware revision, whether that comes out this year, which I think is probably likely, or early next. Um, and I'm also expecting Microsoft, who went on a wave of acquisitions of different studios, to now be revealing what projects they had been working on, what are now Xbox exclusives. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think Microsoft especially wants to step in and fill that gap and and show like, wow, you know, this E3 is all about Microsoft. I'm expecting the reveal of the next Xbox. Yeah, literally last year, all I remember from Microsoft's presentation, it was like someone came out on the stage with like a freaking banjo and it was like, we acquire this studio, this studio, this studio, this studio, this studio, this studio, this studio. And it was just slide after slide. We got them. Everyone's going nuts. I'm like, who are these people? So you're right. Maybe now they're going to be like, this is what we're working on now that we have Microsoft cash. It's it's amazing once you get Satya Nadella's, you know, buy-in. You know, they they went whole hog. They doubled down. They realized we are the biggest player in the space. We have the biggest market cap. We have the most resources behind us. If we're going to do this, we should do it right. And especially, you know, focusing on uh, Microsoft Cloud. 
as as one of the platforms. You know, we saw the big announcement that Sony and Microsoft are partnering together to work on cloud infrastructure going forward, and that'll likely impact Sony. But I think it just shows a, a big testament that Microsoft's cloud is going to be more and more important. And if you remember, that was one of the big selling points initially with the Xbox One, that uh, there was going to be less processing locally and more uh, you know, decentralized in the cloud. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't pan out for Crackdown. But, you know, I, I can see more and more of that happening, and I'm really excited to see what they announce. So, Mike, you're going to E3. Does this mean that, like, because Sony dropped out, that the other guys have gotten literally more time? Or when you're saying that you're gonna, they're going to fill in the gap, they're going to fill it in by making a point to emphasize their newer stuff because the other guys can't punch back? I, I think what it means, and one of the reasons why people keep dropping out of E3 is... Hey, if you have a big announcement, why would you make that announcement when everyone else is also making their big announcements? It just means that as a share of voice, what someone's writing about is going to be on the homepage less or in their social media feeds less when there are other things there. So in this case, because all of the Sony announcements are likely not going to be there, it just means like, hey, if Xbox makes a bigger announcement, there's more time for people to be excited about it and for it to really get airtime. Gotcha. But what if like Sony comes out the next day with PlayStation Seven? I I think I think it's likely that Sony's going to counter program. I think one of the things that that would make a lot of sense if I were in Sony's shoes, feeling like you have the absolute advantage and lead um, from a mindshare perspective going into the next generation, is you would just want to let Microsoft make whatever first moves they can. And then counter them because it worked out really well last time. Microsoft announced the Xbox One and bumbled the messaging around, uh, you know, being online and connected. And Sony swooped in in the last minute, made some changes and got all the positive press. So then Don Matrick was gone and then Phil Spencer picked up the bag and has run with it. I will tell you that Microsoft and I've said this before on podcasts, I've written about it. I am a huge believer in my, what Microsoft is doing long term. They are five; they're looking at five, ten years ahead, where other players are just like looking at like what do we need to do in the next three years. If I make a prediction ten years from now, and if anyone is listening to this ten years from now, you can send me a message at Jacob McCord on Twitter and tell me if I'm right. But like, it's going to be Microsoft, it's going to be Google, and it's going to be Disney owned owns Nintendo. Those are going to be the players in the game space. Yeah, or a new party that comes in and just takes over you never know but you're right i don't see sony like what they're just the acquisition portion of microsoft what with, with them buying studios and content creators that's i think the biggest home run decision more so than even the, the infrastructure they've partnered with microsoft who can like i don't know what the contracts look like i'm not a lawyer but like who can say like five years from now hey what we've been charging you for bandwidth like how about you're now charged 10 cents more per gig yeah and your business model's wrecked I, I i'm not a lawyer but like that's a really scary proposition to me to get into bed with microsoft but we could talk about this all day what we should be talking about is your picks for e3 mo yeah um what are your number one number two and number three picks you've already talked about pokemon what yeah are the so, other two? yeah i have a uh, pokemon and my second one isn't more so not even a pick so first of all i just want to kind of mention that like in terms of e3 every single year um i don't really look into what's coming i stay kind of behind the scenes and if I can, i'm able to catch a stream i'll watch the stream live uh, if i don't i'll watch the the replays afterwards i kind of like the surprise of not knowing what's coming and getting that splash so i don't dig in same with like movies like i will walk 
walk into a movie theater and I want to see those trailers because I'm not looking at what's coming up. I want to kind of see them pitch it to me right there. My focus is right on it. So, so the one thing I'm looking forward to the most is an apex update. So anything in terms of like more players we can play as weapons, that'd be pretty sweet because it stayed the same, um, vehicles, some new spin to it. It's become very stagnant. And I think a lot of people have dropped off to the game. Um, I, I love it. I still kind of play it, but I would say my playing has gone down about 50%. So I'm wanting something like that. And to go with that, not even specifically apex, I think Mike brought it up as well, like a, a battle Royale of some kind. Um, if there's a new party coming in, um, if Fortnite wants to come up with like a new style or something, it just, just, I want to see more of things to get me out of my regular routine of every day. I'll play maybe Hearthstone. I'll play some league of legends. That's been the same for like four years. Yo, like, play some auto chess, bro. Yeah. You mentioned that. So that's, uh, so that's the thing. I don't know anything about it besides you literally just saying play auto chess. So <laughs> That, like at the same time, like I, I want to, I want someone to come out and be like this, like how they released Apex. They said this is the new battle royale, first person shooter, blah blah. Give it a shot, free to play. Look at all this great content. Servers no, had not that many bugs in it. I want to see something cool like that. That people, that some developer, whoever it is, says, you know what, these battle royales have been everywhere. That's a, here's our here to take on it. Jump on it. It's the best one in the market. I'm ready. I'm ready to drop some cash into it. Let me see what's coming up. That's my big one. I'm looking battle royale. Hopefully, an Apex update that still scratch that itch for me. I guess I'm like I'm with you, but like I want the weird ones. Like Tetris 99 to me was like the sickest spin cool. on yeah. that. Like give me a Splatoon battle royale, right? Like give, give me yeah. something else. That's exactly what it is. I want something. New, even if it's not a battle royale, but it's a new type of strategy game or something with a team, whatever it may be. That's kind of what I'm looking for. The free to play takeover. So I think the last big one I would say was probably was Fortnite. Before that was maybe PUBG and then Call of Duty, I guess, were the other ones before. Like in terms of big, everyone's playing it. All of your friends are playing it. Bizarre PUBG. Like I played 300 hours of PUBG and just, yeah, I know. Mike just made it. I just, that just registered how. How? Uh, it's I, so buggy. But I played it with my friends like uh, for 12 hours a that's week. That's it. That's what it is. You Social need to... experiences made a bad game fun. Yeah. It was so... I, I don't think I've had a better multiplayer experience in the last five years Man. than playing PUBG with my friends on PC. You know what you need to do then? You need to play Fortnite with me. What's that? It's a better game. What's for, is that the one where you build forts and it, then people come and attack you at night and you have to defend against it's them? It's the one where you have a fork and a knife. Uh-huh. And it's you can play it on every console and system and fork thing. Fork knife. Fork knife, yeah. Is that how I eat my food? That's, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, fork knife. And it's tasty, let me tell you. That's it's a so spork, tasty. isn't it? <laughs> oh, no, that's a spoon and a No, fork. for real. Fortnite's so good. Stop playing PUBG. Let's No, let's I don't play, play it anymore. Games. I don't play BRs. Oh, I just, okay. Yeah. I just play my little podcast games yeah. and go from there. No, but Mo, I, I totally agree with you. I think there's going to be a really big BR that That'd comes. That'd be sweet. Like, it'd be sweet. so excited. Like, like, I'm poised. Call of Duty Modern Warfare BR is going to be a thing. I'd love to hop back into Apex. I was really good at Apex. It just got really boring when yeah. nothing changed. It's 100% what it is. Like, it's it's great, but, like, you can only bash your head the same way so many times before it gets boring, and that's essentially what's happening. Like, I'll keep playing it, but it's going to get less and less the longer there's really not that significant of an update or something new to keep me interested. Um, so that's kind of my second, I guess, big one. Um, the third one, it's more of a ambiguous thing. Like, I think last year, the, the I want to be surprised. I love watching these, like, the trailer updates, the world premiere, the ones they always do those. Those are the best things. And You've I, got the Microsoft E3 voice guy going. Yeah, that's Can what he do does. that again? World premiere. That was real Whoa, good. Whoa, Mo. That was oh, real good. Have that, you been moonlighting? That's been my side this hustle. This whole time? I'm, not, it's, I'm under an NDA. I can't Why talk about it. Why didn't you use that voice on the podcast? World premiere. 
World premiere. World premiere. Hold on. Is, can't you not mention it if you have an NDA? Like, aren't it, Don't you have an NDA on the NDA that you can't okay. even mention that the NDA I've exists? I've already jumped off the cliff. I might as well just say I You're am the voice of World premiere. World premiere. Yeah, no. So last year was the the big one was uh, was I think it was Jump Force. That was the uh, Naruto, Goku, um, One Piece like collab fighting game. I thought that was super sweet, and I was like talking on our Discord channel. If you haven't checked it out, it's on leftbindgame.club. Big giant button. Join our Discord server, and you'll see me freaking out. But that's essentially where I caught it. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they're finally doing it. Our anime heroes are finally fighting each other to see who is the best. So I'm I'm waiting for something like big like that. Another one was Ghost of Tsushima that they announced last year. It looked so cool. Just the graphics, the fighting, the ambiance. It all looked sweet. So um, in terms of the third game, it's gonna. I'm not gonna even put a game out there. I just want something new that's not battle royale. That's a story maybe that just kind of says, you know what, this is the game of 2019 or 2020. Stay tuned. Everyone's gonna buy it. Whether it's even freaking uh, Metal Gear Solid spin-off or something you know like a Hideo Kojima classic I, w- I want something that I'm not expecting to be like hey you didn't think we were working on this here it is you're gonna love it kind of thing that's what I'm looking forward almost like the shock of E3 so essentially your picks are Pokemon Sword and Shield um, an update to Apex Legends or a battle royale of some kind surprise essentially yeah I want to be surprised I don't want to go in there and be like oh okay Pokemon Sword and Shield, okay. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, again, it's coming out. Okay, well, now we have Warcraft 3 or something like that. I don't want to hear something I've heard about before unless it's like a redoing of like a PlayStation 1 title or like a Nintendo title and they're just crazily redoing something. I want something like really cool. It's either redone from the beginning and not the fourth iteration of something. So those are your picks. My picks again, Fire Emblem, Three Houses, Pokemon Sword and Shield, like Yumo, and Control. And then, Mike, uh, your three picks were... Fable 4, Watch Dogs Legion, and some big surprise announcement from all of these studios that Microsoft acquired. Yeah, so yours is Microsoft surprises, and yours is just give me surprises. Give me some big thing, whether it's Nintendo, whether it's Microsoft, or whether it's Sony the next day. Yo, also, like a new Switch, the next Xbox. That'd be, so that's, much. That's, that qualifies 100%. If a new, like a, a reasonably soon-to-come-out new mega console, that'd be sweet. We are in a bit of a down year, so like, look, consoles are coming next year, so what are they going to announce this year? Yeah, well, that's the thing. If they, if they announce something about it, that's like... We're bringing it out now to like beat the competition. Like if Microsoft is like, yeah, it was coming out in two years, but guess what? It's ready. Mm-hmm. So Mike, you're going to be at E3. I'm going to be in Las Vegas during E3. Mo, you're going to be by your computer uh, at E3. Um, that's our show. But before we finish the show, we actually gathered some audio from uh, two of our other podcast friends um, from Games Gone and from Video Game Rations. Uh, they have some predictions and some uh, most anticipated titles that they like to share. So we're going to hear from them right now. Greetings, lovely gentlemen from Left Behind Game Club. I'm Michael from Games Gone, a memory-based podcast, along with my older brother, Larry. Thanks for reaching out to us, guys. So what am I most looking forward to at E3? I would have to say Outer Worlds. I want to see what Obsidian can do with that franchise, especially after the whole debacle with Fallout 76. A lot of games I'm really interested in. I am definitely the most interested in seeing what they have up their sleeves with Outer Worlds. So mine is Halo Infinite. We saw a little tease last year. It got me excited. But now I need to be really sold on the idea of a new Halo and it coming back to its prime. There's a lot of games that uh, I'm hoping for some surprises. That's my number one. Can't wait to hear what you guys are talking about. Hello, Left Behind Game Club. 
We are Video Game Rations, and this is our list of E3 predictions. Take it away, Brian. Uh, my most anticipated game this year is Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Uh, a lock it in fact, Nintendo will have a full reveal trailer showcasing gameplay for the new Pokemon Switch game. Ooh, nice. Oh. And something crazy. With Sony missing from E3 this year, Microsoft will not only share specs of their new Xbox, which has already been rumored, but they'll also reveal the full design of of their new box at E3. At E3. Damn. Price will be TBD because it's not going to come out this year. So, I mean, of course, cost of components and stuff are going to come down. Uh, but it's pretty much going to be a full reveal of their new console besides the price. They're going to really try to steal that. Thunder from Sony. Nice. Nolan? Uh, boy. Uh, I keep wanting to go to Death Stranding, and I keep forgetting that they're not going to be there. Uh, so Cyberpunk is probably going to be my most anticipated, too. Um, I'm it's really, cool. We can share. I, um, my lock-in is I think we're going to see some Dragon Age Inquisition 2 footage. Mm. Nice. Maybe a little gameplay. Okay. Coming off hot from Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> and my wild card, of course. Is Half Life Three? Oh, we'll be there. Maybe uh, just a teaser. That's just that's a dream. That is a dream. I'll never let it go though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my most anticipated game: Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, so we can just that's a, a clean One sweep from, no. <laughs> from yeah. video game rations. Locked in has to happen. Uh, Final Fantasy seven has to have a release date. They've been teasing, showing stuff off forever, oh and they God. just have to have a release date. Okay, I really hope so. My wild card prediction, Anthem goes free to play. Whoa, that is a wild card That's prediction. That's not bad. Yeah, because that thing bad. is dunzo. <laughs> Dude, it, okay. it really bums me out. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. And uh, we look forward to hearing your predictions mm-hmm. as well. Another cool thing we have also is a couple clips from our community, especially on our Discord server. Um, some of our uh, members actually f- submitted their most exciting facts or things that they're looking forward to. So, Jacob, let's cue those guys up. Hello, everyone. Thomas here from ChargeShot.com. And today I'm going to tell you about my most anticipating game for E3. I uh, just want to shout out a couple others first. First, uh, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy VII. I'm looking forward to what this remake is. And as well as Doom Eternal. I'm a huge fan of Doom. Looking to see what they bring with Doom Eternal. And I'm also looking forward to what Bungie has to say about Destiny 2. Looking forward to more news about that game. But the game I'm looking forward to the most this E3 is Jedi Fallen Order. We have not seen gameplay for it. But I'm looking forward to seeing what the gameplay is. They said it's not going to be purely uh, stealth driven. So we're going to have some action. And what this actually kind of looks like to me is some of uh, Jedi Outcast Jedi, from the Jedi Knight series. Uh, huge fan of that. I'm actually playing those games over on my Twitch channel, Can Play Stuff, so you can check me out there. There's also wall running. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that there's a, a combat system as complex as the one in Jedi Outcast, because they had three different styles, but there were so many different acrobatic moves that you could do with those styles. I'm hoping there's something like that in this. So for all of E3, you can check us out at chargeshot.com. We'll be doing our watch-alongs with that, uh, streaming them on our YouTube page as well. And you can follow me, CSG Thomas. I'll tweet out when those go live. So until then, guys, enjoy your games. Hey, my name's Kai, and the game that I'm excited for for E3 2019 is Dragon Age 4. 
uh, although they haven't had the strongest track record recently, I am excited to see what EA and Bioware will pull off. Dragon Age is a series that has successfully built upon itself, uh, starting with Dragon Age 1 with its branching lore, depending on the character you created, the second with its improved combat, and the third with, at its time, some pretty gorgeous graphics. We are now five years since the third installment has been released, and unfortunately hasn't aged well compared to games like The Witcher 3. And again, after Mass Effect Andromeda Anthem, I don't have the full confidence that Dragon Age 4 will be the next game of the year, but I am excited to see what they'll bring to the table to make it stand out. And we also have two that were submitted uh, via private message or via Twitter. Um, so we'll start with at Blip Fever. I would love to see Animal Crossing, but my favorite E3 thing is I love picking apart indie montages because there's always so much new stuff that I didn't even know I wanted. So again, that was Blip Fever on Twitter. And then one of our other guest hosts, uh, frequent collaborator Travis, had said that, uh, honestly, it's probably Animal Crossing or a snippet of information about Metroid Prime 4. Those are his most anticipated titles as well for E3. Um, E3 kicks off on Saturday this it's year. It's weird because like the actual show, I don't think, starts until what, the Monday? No, it does not officially start till the Monday, but yeah. we have stuff starting on... Really, it starts today when this comes right. out with the Pokemon Direct, but there's conferences on Saturday, mm-hmm. on Sunday, and then it really kicks off on Monday. Yeah, I get into LA on Friday because, <laughs> you know, you got to be there in time for all of these things. So, Mike, where can the fine folks find you? Well, you can find me in the Discord, and you can get there by going to leftbehindgame.club. I just renewed the, no- the domain the other day, boys, uh, because we're in it for the long haul. Um, when you go to leftbehindgame.club, um, there's a big button in the middle of the page. It'll take you right to uh, our Discord. You can hop in, chat with all the fine folks who are talking about hot deals, hot games, uh, and the modern classics that we're all playing. Um, aside from that, you can catch me specifically and follow, I think, along on my E3 journey by checking out my uh, Instagram at RufaloM, R-U-F-F-O-L-O-M. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me at. Mo, where can the people find you at? You can find me on most social media platforms at mmurtati or mmurtati.com. Jacob, where, the, where can the fine folks find you? At Jacob McCourt on every major social media platform. And Mike, what do we say to them? And that, my friends, are some hot games I can't wait to see. Woo!